This is Values, a podcast series for investors seeking to align values of companies with the value of their portfolios. I'm Nadia Bensalem Nicola, Head of Investor Relations here at Danone. In each episode, we will discuss developments currently shaping the food revolution and Danone's approach to sustainability, covering specific terms of its environmental, social, and governance strategy like climate change, plastic packaging, regenerative agriculture, biodiversity protection, or social change. Today, we'll be talking about B Corp certification, why it helps to drive sustainable shareholder value, and why it matters for a company like Danone to be the first very large company to achieve this global status in the next five years in 2025. To do so, I'm hosting today three speakers, Katie Hill, Executive Chair of Management Board of Bilab Europe, the non-profit organization tasked with rolling out the B Corporation movement across Europe. Also, Adam Grant, General Manager of Danone Dairy UK, a subsidiary that became B Corp certified more than two years ago. And finally, Cecile Cabanis, CFO of Danone, Together, they provide a different but complementary business and financial perspective on the questions raised by investors and that will frame the discussion. To set the stage, I am first turning to Katie Hill, head of B-Lab in Europe. Katie, thanks for being with us today. Oh, well, thank you very much for having me. It's a delight to be with you. Katie, before we start talking about Danone specifically, we're often getting questions from investors about the B Corp certification itself, what is certified, what are the criteria, how they are measured, as well as touching on this. Can you also tell us a bit more about B Lab and B Corp? Uh, what was the original ambition of this organization and what does the B in B Corp stand for exactly? Yeah, yes, good question. Everybody asks the B, why the B? And I, I guess one answer is, well, plan A hasn't worked out quite right and there's a better one ahead. So maybe B is for better, for better businesses, or B is for be the change, B for benefit. It, it's really, there are many ways that we can interpret it. And and I think that was the vision actually um, now back in 2006 when the, uh, the original founders of B-Lab really worked out what was missing, they felt, was there was a really uh, a lack of any any kind of standardized way of assessing how much social and environmental benefit a business brought to, to bear. And so they really created a framework, an assessment framework to measure that. And what that was doing, which was quite unique, was going across every element of a business rather than just looking at a single product that a company might make or a single service and certifying that. They were actually looking across the whole of the business. And so it could, took you away from the idea of a good product to a really good company and assessing what was underneath the bonnet of an entire company. And that, I think, is really where the interest now is from consumers, investors, potential employees. They really want to know everything about a company, not just uh, what one product is about. And so this is really where the B Corp movement was uh, heading for. And then in order to bed that into the companies, this commitment was really lodged in there. They then created not just a performance assessment, but also 
also um, a legal requirement, which we'll talk about in a minute. So the B Corp movement is really a lot more than just a certification. It's about a community of businesses and leaders. It's about an inspiration for a higher standard of what the role of business can be in society. It's about a sort of trademark, a brand of, of vision and expertise. And, uh, and it's really about a business, a way, a better way of doing business. Why do you think, Katie, that B Corp certification is particularly relevant for the food sector? I think there's a really interesting sector that's um, demanding a really high level of transparency and accountability about the origin and the provenance of food. Um, and this is obviously now very commonly put on labels and in, on products. And so this call for much greater transparency and accountability is a really key element of what I think the whole B Impact Assessment is all about. And therefore, the social and environmental performance is going to be much more indicative of how far a customer or a, or a consumer of food products can really understand what's gone on behind the product. And because we're all so dependent on the system around us, and whether it's the land or the agricultural system behind us, we're all so dependent on that. It seems absolutely right that the food sector is able to demonstrate how it's actually playing a positive part in supporting our natural and social environments. And how important is this movement now, Katie? Now we have, I think, 3,357 companies across the world. Since about 2017, over half of those are now outside the US. The community started its growth in the US. That's where it was incubated. But it has spread globally now. And, and there are B Corps in 71 countries and over 150 industries. So it's a really broad-ranging movement. And it's taking companies that are both small, medium-sized, and ever more uh, large ones, which is a really exciting new dimension. Okay. Thanks, Katie. And can we maybe now say a word on the B Corp certification itself? Uh, how does a company become a B Corp? Uh, what conditions do they need to fulfill? What do you have to do to qualify? And how does the evaluation process work exactly? Sure. If we take a, a fairly standard company, they would go on to uh, Impact Assessment, which is a free online tool, and they would work through a series of different questions which route them according to the size of the company, the sector they're in, and the geography that they're in. So there are, I think, 72 different tracks that you could take through this impact assessment. So it's not kind of one size fits all, which is an important feature. And it will ask a variety of questions around five key pillars, uh, which are your governance, how you operate and how you are transparent about decisions that are taken, about your community, how do you have any impact on the community that's around you, the physical community or the virtual community that you depend on for your own operations. It will ask you a series of different questions about your workers, your employees. How do you consider professional development? How do you recruit companies? How do you pay companies? What's the difference in pay sector and pay ratio from the top to the bottom? Uh, a variety of different questions there. We'll also look at your environmental footprint and what are you doing about your carbon emissions, about your water consumption, and many other elements. And then also it will ask uh, questions about your clients or your customers. So it gets a really full understanding across the board of the business. And once you have completed all those questions, you start with no points and you accrue them as you go. And if you reach 80 points under your own assessment, you then can submit your assessment for verification. 
And at that point, we um, have trained standards analysts who are separate from us out in uh, the B labs in the countries. And they then go through a rigorous assessment and have conversations and interviews and uh, discussions with the business who wants to certify. And then we'll pick up on questions and ask for further documentation. And at the final review of the points, if they reach the 80th point threshold, they are then able to um, proceed to certification as long as they then commit to make the legal change that needs to be applied, which embeds this whole uh, concept of um, stakeholder governance into the core of their articles as a company. And so for a large company, it will have to go through a public AGM maybe, but a, a private company will have to have a board resolution to approve that with the shareholders' consent. So it's not a trivial process. <laughs> and you mentioned the requirement of having 80 points out of uh, a total of 200 questions. If I may, it does not sound uh, very demanding <laughs> in the first place. <laughs> what would you answer to that? How difficult it is to become a B Corp? Actually, I had one company that uh, I think I worked with for four years and they moved up from 40 points and eventually got to 80, but it did take them four years. So it isn't trivial. Um, sometimes it means really substantial changes to your operations, to the way that you communicate, to the goals that you set, to the way you work with your employees. So there can be some really big changes that are required in order to secure five points for example. Um, there are a lot of the questions only contribute small fractions of points. You have to cover a lot of ground. There aren't very many questions that give you a huge number of points. So it's really interested in covering a, a lot of different aspects. You often find companies are strong in one area, such as how they are with their employees or their community, but could be a little bit weak in another area. And it's really difficult to certify if you're not at least operating at a, a really a significant level of impact across the board. And that's what can take time for companies to adjust to. Uh, so, yes, it doesn't sound demanding. And we have a lot of companies that say, oh, I'm easily going to hit the 80 point. But when they actually are then evaluated, it may not be well documented or built right into the structure of the company. So it can't then be counted as a certain policy that's reliable and will stand the test of time. But we don't discourage people from trying and from setting ambitious goals to, to reach it. From your experience at B-Lab and before B-Lab, why should B Corp certification be interesting from an investor perspective? It's so interesting how investors have adjusted and adapted their thinking to impact generally, uh, whether it be looking at companies that are at the sharp end of impact, such as B Corps, or whether they're just adjusting their lens to think much more about sustainable businesses that are perhaps looking at ESG, environmental, social and governance uh, uh, lenses. But what we see is that, that whichever end of that you are looking at, the performance of sustainable businesses that are really focused on sustainability continuously outperform those in the short term and the longer term those equivalents in the same sector that don't give those considerations. And it's not that surprising in a way, because if you think of what it's doing, it's reducing exposure to risks for certain, but it's actually embedding commitment and loyalty to, from your employees to something that's much broader than just thinking about the shareholders. So it's inevitable that you will find you will attract a different sort of staff and you will um, engage with them and probably hold them for longer and help grow the business with them on board. And similarly, you will have consumers who are 
now extremely uh, savvy and choosy about who they want to buy from or, uh, or or support in any way with their wallet, and they will be looking for that. So inevitably, the the business success will depend on a whole range of factors, which the impact lens is really focused on. So it's not that surprising that impact investing has grown hugely. Is now about. $13 billion worth of impact investment, which is looking to invest in businesses that are deliberately focusing on impact. And we see the B Corps and uh, corporations that uh, have used our assessment as being huge recipients of, of that investment. It's a big move, you know, and we've actually seen through COVID, in fact, um, the FT were reporting just the other day that, you know, as the crisis has unfolded and we've seen shares go through, you know, big drop and then resurge to some extent, how was the lens of sustainability playing out? And actually, there was a doubling down by investors on sustainable businesses instead of uh, a shelving of those and moving to short term profits. People actually, investors were actually holding on to and doubling down on, on impact investment and on uh, sustainability as a, as a lens, which is encouraging and suggests there's a long way to go, but we're on the right track. And finally, Katie, how do you think investors can link the B Corp certification of B-Lab with the sustainable development goals of the United Nations for 2030? I think the investor perspective is very comfortable and increasingly familiar with the sustainable development goals, the 17 goals that we aim to meet uh, by 2030, which really lay out the world's big agenda. And they are super relevant to the impacts that we all need to be creating. So the B Impact Assessment links beautifully with the Sustainable Development Goals and therefore investors, I think, feel this natural interest in finding out how businesses are performing against uh, the B Impact Assessment. We actually now have also produced a new tool, the Sustainable Development Goals Action Manager, which lifts from the Impact Assessment many of the questions but helps companies identify how they are performing against specific uh, SDGs, which is a fabulously powerful tool and, and actually Actually one that we're very grateful for Denant's support in uh, testing and creating with us. Thanks, Katie. Uh, let's now move to a concrete case study to share business experience on the ground of B Corp. Uh, for that, I'm turning to Adam, uh, leading Danone's essential dairy and plant-based in the UK and in Ireland. Welcome, Adam. Thanks, Nadia. Adam, can you first tell us a bit about your background in Danone and the context in which the business you run in UK and in Ireland started to go for B Corp certification? Sure. Uh, well, I joined Danone in 2004 from L'Oreal. Before that, I've been at Unilever. And since being at Danone, I've had several roles, both across the waters business and more recently dairy and now EDP. And what's both an advantage and a challenge with working in the UK and Ireland is you see a lot of trends early. And that's no less the case in food. As such, in many ways, the UK and Ireland are a good laboratory for engaging with business critical and consumer critical issues. So when we started out on our journey with B Corp back in 2016, we did so amid the backdrop of significant challenges that seemed to face our world. And of course, that was well before we thought about pandemics. And the challenges we face were those like climate change, pollution, loss of biodiversity, food waste, and record high levels of obesity, especially in the young. And now added to that, or even because of that, our consumers here are very much looking for brands that seem to be good brands, brands that talked about impact, played to some of those issues and reflected back to those consumers their own lifestyle choices. We could see that with our brands of Light and & Free and Activia, and through the acquisition of White Wave, the Outpro brand. 
Yeah, but what led you exactly to decide that becoming a B Corp was good for your business? At the time, anything I saw that could help us organize ourselves better, provide a useful framework for internal motivation that made us a better business, that was fine by me. And that was my first reaction to B Corp. I could see beyond the certification to a broader array of benefits. I could see how we could use the momentum we already had around impact and use it as a way to migrate from a good product to a good company status in the minds of our critical stakeholders. That said, I won't pretend to you that I knew an awful lot about it when we started out seriously on our B Corp journey beyond some of its famous early adopters like Patagonia. But the biggest prize for us and the biggest contributor for us embracing B Corp as a business decision rather than greenwashing or internal engagement program was the attitude of consumers. Those trends I spoke about earlier, they were clearly evident amongst consumers in the UK and Ireland. More and more consumers were, and in fact still are, demanding companies with brands like ours to be clear and transparent about the food they produce and the impact on our world. We know that more than half of mainstream consumers, not even prosumers, will make purchase decisions based on social and environmental factors. And those consumers not only want good brands, they want to come from good companies. Now at Danone, we already had a good story for those consumers' demands with our mission and our One Planet, One Health vision, but making lasting positive changes by taking a proactive stance, collaborating with others, leading responsibly, rather than waiting to be led, all that is made easier and faster through our B Corp certification. Now we're over two years into being a B Corp, and I can tell you it's helped us embed our purpose in the heart of our business. It has proven to be a tangible and transparent way for us to improve our practices and operate a successful and sustainable business in the long term. Now more than ever, with the impact of COVID-19 over the last few months and the increased call for green recovery, society is looking at global businesses to step up for their community and environment. Being a B Corp is not only a statement of our deep commitment to create benefit for all stakeholders, it's a clear sign to our customers, consumers, partners, and employees that we're a business that is useful to society. So I feel we've far outreached the benefits that we saw early on when we decided to add B Corp as part of our business makeup. It's as though events have moved towards us. How we see it in the UK and Ireland is that B Corp moves us along further on ambition to be a force for good. And that good is recognized by our customers and consumers. So it's been over two years into being a B Corp. Can you share how has becoming a B Corp changed life within the business? One of the major benefits has been the framing of issues internally and then providing a means and structure to take things forward. I mean, I love photography and you can find yourself looking at a magnificent scenery, but somehow when you frame it through your camera lens, something beautiful can become something impactful too. And B Corp is a bit like that. Of course, sustainability and ESG have been part of a way of working for decades. And there's been both a backdrop and a reason for many things we do. But like the framing of that beautiful scene, the work we do in B Corp has framed our activity. So now our purpose is written into legal governance of our business, and that has transformed our ways of working. I mean, all key business decisions are made through a B Corp lens, with a B Corp mindset in place. So with that perspective, you can take into consideration the wider impact of your work. And then also, you have a framework for moving forward. Another of the most critical benefits of becoming a B Corp is how it's empowered our employees to speak up and challenge and, and, and improve things. We want our employees to be real advocates of our brands and the things we stand for. It enables them to 
open up fields of inquiry that perhaps they might not have ordinarily explored. I mean, let me give you an example. Food waste is a huge issue in the UK and Ireland, and one we want to take a leading position on. And when we were planning a recent product launch, Jennifer, one of our brand managers, pointed out that if we really put B Corp front of mind, we'd have to do more about potential waste. We couldn't let our responsibility end with the sale of the products to the supermarket. Wastage was still our problem, and our role didn't just end at the words on our labels to encourage timely consumption. So with a more activist mindset, Jennifer pointed out that we could dramatically reduce food waste by partnering with another company to provide more food to underserved people through food banks in our region. And what's more, that company we could partner with was also B Corp. Literally, B Corp has changed the way we think. I mean, employee engagement has been incredible. We've dedicated B Corp team made up from volunteers across our business. And 75% of our employees have acted on pledges to support the health of people or the planet through working with a fellow B Corp donation. Being a B Corp has really had a profound impact on the levels of engagement and morale uh, with our employees. They really tell us it makes them feel proud to work at Danone. And in addition to employee engagement and motivation, uh, did it change anything when it comes to product innovation, for instance? Yeah, it's made a, a real difference uh, to our approach to product innovation. Uh, and it's really now fundamentally embedded B Corp in our innovation process. For every new product launch, we've made it mandatory to evaluate how it contributes to our B Corp status. This framework inspires us to explore new ways to increase our positive impact. I mean, a really great example of this has been our experience with the launch in January this year of our Danon brand in UK and Ireland, our first B Corp born brand in the UK and Ireland. I mean, Danone is well known in France, but it's new to the UK as a brand. And as we planned its launch, we challenged ourselves to ensure we made the most of our B Corp status at the brand level. Now, for each geography, this might mean something different when it comes to impact. But for the UK and Ireland, we decided it would be through this B Corp lens, we build a story around packaging. I mean, in Spain or France, it might be something else. But concerns on packaging were really, really running high. And B Corp majors on the importance of materiality, not the materiality that financial markets and investors might usually talk about, but actions that tackle topics that are most material to impact. So for us, Packaging was our priority materiality consideration. The fact that we could introduce the first 100% recycled packaging for yogurt with clear labeling, recycled cardboard, with no added sugar, was a very concrete achievement. I mean, frankly, one that even inspired the rest of the company. I mean, notably in its ambition that we shared to move to zero polystyrene in Europe within the next four years. And this just goes to show what we can really, really achieve together. All in all, B Corp has helped us change the way we look at the business. Okay, Adam. So um, it makes a difference internally with employees. Got it. What about your relationship with your customers, the retailers? How does B Corp help you there concretely? I mean, again, it has an increasing relevance. And I guess it's not that surprising given how fast retailers own customers' tastes and demands are changing. When we first started talking about B Corp retailers, I'll be honest, aside from a few enlightened souls, we were met with puzzlement. I mean, certainly a lot of questions. Now the conversations with retailers is much more open and interesting. So, for example, since then, we've been able to launch, in collaboration with the UK B Corp community, a B Corp shop with Waitrose in their online store. The virtual B Corp store stocks all B Corp products, so consumers know they're making a purchase with a purpose by shopping here. 
We currently have an activation with Activia through their online shop, and our year-to-date sales of Waitrose have risen 80% versus last year through online and are growing at twice the rate of the category average. We speak to all of our retailers about B Corp, but now the likes of Tesco and Co-op have actually gone on to ask for specific information sessions purely on B Corp to better understand the model and what we are doing with it. Mindful of that wider impact has also driven us to collaborate with the retailers to support how consumers make healthier choices. We've done some really great work with Tesco's in that area through the Collaboration for Healthier Lives program by encouraging shoppers to make healthier food choices. All this underpins the ethos of B Corp. Okay, understood, Adam. So we spoke about retailers and what about people and consumers, uh, your ultimate customers? In what way is Corp reinforcing or changing anything in your engagement with them? Again, we spoke of trends in foods, and we all know how customers are becoming more activists in their demands. And I mean activists in a positive way. I'm sure you have all heard Emmanuel and Cecile talk about food sovereignty. This can only be good for everyone. So in our world today, the people behind the brands, the values, the way a company behaves, these are more and more relevant to society and consumers. Increasingly, we see that the act of purchase is becoming a way consumers themselves feel they're having an impact on their society, their environment. In a context of mistrust, B Corp plays a role in reassuring customers about the credibility of our actions. So when you see a B Corp certified business, you know it's a trademark of trust, a real sign that a company is demonstrating exceptional standards of social and environmental performance, transparency and accountability. And because B Corp is a third party standard, our processes are externally verified, transparent. There's a legal commitment. It adds to our authenticity. So I guess the big question is, while consumers may care about where their food comes from, do they care about B Corp or even notice it? Certainly, we do a lot to bring the story to them. I mean, peel back the label of our new Danone brand yogurt packs, and you'll see on the inside, we use a larger space to tell the B Corp story and explain our commitment. Our brands help us to tell the story. I mean, through social media, we talk about our sustainability efforts and how B Corp is part of that. Onboarding the influencers we work with on our B Corp journey has proven to be an amazing way to engage them, allow them to become genuine and passionate supporters of our brands and actions. I mean, you might not be familiar with Tom and Giovanna Fletcher, but they have over 3 million Instagram followers. And back in January, they got involved with our Danon brand launch and telling the B Corp story. And we tell the story through hosting events with some of our partners and collaborate with B Lab UK and B Lab Europe and the other UK and Irish B Corps on consumer facing activities. Any data you can share to size how meaningful is B Corp today for consumers in the UK? Well, let me tell you, in the UK, for 75% of those who understand what B Corp means, the label has a positive impact on their intent to purchase. So we know that B Corp is meaningful for consumers. Right now, the awareness of B Corp, according to Taluna, is around 20%. Not a big number? Well, that's 9 million people in the UK. And all I can say, it will only grow. Thanks, Adam. Let's now move to Cécile Cabanis, CFO of Danone. Could you explain, Cécile, why this move of becoming B Corp is so crucial to Danone? When did you take that decision? Well, actually, it was a very important step, but also a very natural one. So when did we go for B Corp? It was at the time where, uh, with Emmanuel, we were working on uh, putting a framework 
of goals for 2030 that would be linked to the uh, SDGs of the UN. And it was supported by three pillars. The first one is our business model. The second one is the brand model. And the third one is what we called at that time the trust model, which is really around the people and partners. In the business model, uh, we decided that the only way that Danone uniqueness and journey will be around creating sustainable value uh, for all stakeholders was to go for sustainable, superior, profitable growth, but not at any cost, not in any way, but as a B Corp. And why as a B Corp? Because B Corp is a multifaceted, integrated way of uh, going for the highest standard in terms of uh, environmental uh, and societal uh, values. And for us, it was not new because what we put being a B Corp, we already experienced it for 15 years because we had our internal Danoneway sustainability assessment and we were really measuring all our countries against that. So it was already in our ways of working. The new was really to make it public engagement to make it certified by third party, uh, which went with more responsibility, with getting deeper into how we embed it uh, fully in the business model, and which put on us more accountability in order to make it because there was a date and there was outside certification. So that's how, when we published our goals in 2018 for 2030, one of our integrated goals was that uh, we wanted to be uh, B Corp uh, certified uh, by 2030. And we recently advanced this commitment to 2025, acknowledging that given the crisis that uh, the whole world is going through, it has today even more relevancy uh, than ever before. And how do you see B Corp as different to other proliferating sustainability ratings and certifications in the market? Doesn't it add some complexity? Well, you're right to mention that uh, there is a proliferation of uh, sustainability uh, ratings, certification and index, and everyone is... Uh, is liking to have its own one, even so many of them have not gone through um, an assessment and a work regarding what needs to be measured for what objective. So there are many initiatives currently on how we can all work together in order to make sure that we can go for an harmonization, for comparability, for materiality, and making sure that uh, what we measure is good in order for us to take more action and it's responding to an objective that is clear. And B Corp is different than that. It's fully integrated. So it's not only looking at one part, it's not only looking at environment or social or certain KPIs, but it's really an holistic approach, an integrated approach on how do you do business in order to really secure all of these three elements, which are environment, social, governance, in an integrated way. And as I said, we decided to go for 2030 integrated goals 
And for us, getting these goals and everything we do in business life every day measured with the B Corp certification is really for us the way to ensure that the way we do business is really going to create a sustainable value for all. And when I said for all, it's making sure that we're protecting the resources so that they are not stopping, we are not depleting the resources, but we will be able to continue to uh, recreate resources and have a positive uh, cycle of resources from nature. It's around making sure that we are creating social value in our ecosystem. And it's also around making sure that at the end of the day, we're creating value for our shareholders. How do you create sustainable value from B Corp? And how this decision is going to help to drive value for shareholders? It's very simple. It's a question of time horizon. And when we look at time horizon to create value, it can be short term and then it stops and uh, you go for something else. Or it can be long term. And creating long term value means that you need to manage the tension between what you would do short term and how you really make sure that the business you manage, you operate, and the results, they are sustainable and they are able to continue in a very resilient manner. And then B Corp for us was really the way to go about it. And I think we were proving right because um, a few years back, we managed to renegotiate our 2 billion syndicated uh, loan, which is a loan supported by uh, 12 major worldwide banks. And they agreed to index the interest rate based on our advancement on the B Corp roadmap. And this is critical because at the end of the day, the question is um, what kind of sustainable value does it create? And are we sure that companies going through this and uh, not only uh, taking care of uh, producing and selling product at any cost are really having either less risk or more value? And this is still something that is not made in our usual Excel uh, formula spreadsheet. So it's very important that we create a movement where we can really concretely show that doing business differently is either reducing risk or increasing value for all. This is an alpha beta topic, but this is very important. And it's the same for consumers. B Corp exists as a trademark that you put on your product. I mean, you heard uh, Adam earlier on all the benefits uh, that you see in the way it engages with consumers. And especially since people really started to advocate that they want to see brands that are going for some more value for them. They want to see people behind the brands. They want to understand what the brands stand for. And this was a, a movement that really uh, accelerated a few years back. And the B Corp trademark you put on your product and it really uh, stands for something to the people and it shows the way you do business and the way your brands are engaging with you. Then it's really around brand equity, what I said around people and especially new generation being very much informed, very much keen to uh, choose the brand they want to choose, not only because the product is good or it's fun but also because it stands for something, because it enables a, a positive movement in what they believe in. Huh? 
uh, when you choose what you want to eat and drink, you can choose for the world you want to live in. And we know that new generation are really very, very convinced and surely because we all know huh, there has been a, a lot of talks and this crisis again reinforces the fact that we need to do something even quicker and faster to make sure that the way we do business, the way we conduct a certain number of things need to be different and more inclusive. After it's around the recognition around what value you are creating long term and it's around the risking overall the business and increasing the value that you can then share, including with shareholders. To what extent is your ambition to become B Corp a lever of transformation for Danone? Well, I think the transformation was and has always been there at Danone. If you look at the history of Danone, Danone has always been pioneering very much all kind of societal innovations, was convinced, and I mentioned our uh, Danone way sustainability index that we put in the company uh, for 15 years. So I don't think it's going to change the level of ambitious that we had already in terms of transformation, and it will certainly not change our goals to a 30. What I think it brings going to B Corp is an additional responsibility, an additional commitment that is put outside to say, this is how we're going to be. And as you've been uh, hearing from the first questions, it's really something that is checked. It comes from an independent lab. So it's not something that Danone will do uh, itself. So I think this is key. And probably you've seen that um, we are proposing to vote to be in France an entreprise à mission which is around the same uh, topic. It's not a major change, but it's an additional accountability. So it forces you to be very accountable and uh, making sure that you are doing the progress according to the commitment that you set yourself. And that's also a very important thing when it comes to decision that forces you to really maintain the right level of tension between short-term and long-term. You cannot just forget about long term. You absolutely need to make sure the tension is the right one to fulfill all the commitments and continue to do your business model. As you said, you're going to do it, uh, making sure that you are building value and resilience throughout your uh, value chain. This will conclude this first episode of our podcast series, Values Inside the Food Revolution. Thanks to all of you for your attention. We hope this new way of engagement will be of interest. Feel free to share your thoughts, your feedback at finance at and stay tuned for our next episode in September.